Hey, this is Skippy from Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. morning good afternoon on this last monday in april we are rolling into the first week in may how amazing is that may day cinco de mayo end of school mother's day in less than two weeks may 12 hint hint get it together you know your mom more for your mom you wouldn't be here just saying so it plays a vital part in your life or wives or girlfriends or whatever so i'm margie taylor this kind of culture news and actually uh this is the week, this is the third year anniversary week. So we've been on the air three years. I have anyway. So that's kind of cool. Yes. Just thought of that. So we started May 1st, uh, three years ago. So 2016, and we're still rocking and rolling and got better. FM 104.5, 106.1, IRLoneStar.com for live streaming. And it's also on the uh, Conroe Cable uh, and Facebook Live, Conroe Culture News. So check it out. We have growing audience. We always talk about things that are happening um, throughout the community, but in particular Conroe. So guests today are going to be Maria Jordan from Texas Familias Councils and Texas Hope Consortium. And uh, we also have uh, Alejandra Tapia, and uh, she's in her Conroe ISD clothes, but she's part of another amazing group of people that suddenly the name escapes me. The uh, Chickawa um, Aztec dancers, and you did you guys perform at Kids Fest? We did. Okay, yeah, yes. they're amazing. They're mm-hmm. just amazing to watch. They're a thrill for anybody, adults, kids, teenagers, and they even show you how to participate and do that. So they're all over. So she's here accompanying Maria because she's involved with some of the things that Maria has going on. And then in the second half, we will hear from uh, Jeff Williams. He's the pastor director of Eagle's Nest Ministries. And the really cool thing today is that uh, both these organizations are talking about inclusion of people. You know, Jeff is uh, with Eagle's Nest Ministries, which is a uh, ministry for men that are getting out of prison and how they can change their life back. He has uh, temporary transitional housing for a year at a time, for 12 men at a time and how they can integrate into being self-sustaining people in the community with their families. And then Maria and Alejandra are going to talk about some things that, not exactly the same, but all about including other people in the community as well. So this show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic Center. And we're going to give a few updates first. Just so you know, there's lots of stuff going on in downtown Conroe. In fact, there are over 100 events in May going on in downtown Conroe, some many on several days. 
because you know we we have the three entertainment places where you can eat, which is Corner Pub, Red Brick Tavern, Pacific Yard House, but Bean Punk Coffee also has several events each week, and they have a radio show kind of thing, podcasting that they host uh, every Wednesday now. And there's the Conroe Art League, there's the performing theaters, and there's other stuff that you don't know about, such as a scavenger hunt coming up on May the 8th, Wednesday, and that will be through downtown Conroe, absolutely free. Don't you just love free events? You know, come there and uh, get the sheet saying, you know, you have to go into each venue, and there's questions from the venue that you have to answer, and those that get 100% correct will be randomly drawn for winners to win prizes. So we are hoping to have about 20 venues participate, and we're working on it. But you can also look for cool things for Mother's Day, because this is like Wednesday, May the 8th, and it is at lunchtime, 11 to 1. But for some reason, that seems to be our most popular time to do this. We've done this. This is the fourth annual anniversary of doing it. We've done it in the evening. We've done it in the afternoon at lunchtime, and we've done it on a Saturday. And lunchtime seems to be the most popular. So we're going to do it again, and you can shop for mom. So also this Thursday happens to be the first Thursday of the month, and you know what happens on the first Thursday is we have our first Thursday market days that's going to happen at Heritage Plaza Park, and uh, also it's the first Thursday concert. So two for one, all free. So right now it looks like we have, I don't know, 20 to 25 vendors with honey and jewelry and soaps for mom and (laughs) other things. I'm not sure if the produce guy is going to be there or not, but there will be music. And uh, this month on Thursday, starting at 7 p.m., will be a Led Zeppelin Zeppelin tribute band. And they are called Black Dog. They take the stage at 7 and play till 9. There's no other band. It's just the headliner band this year. So we've talked about the scavenger hunt. And uh, one other thing I want, oh, a couple other things I wanted to mention. Brownlee Jewelers, they are 87 years old, if you didn't know that. They are the oldest jewelry store in Montgomery County. They are doing a drawing, and the drawing will be May the 4th. So that is this Saturday. All you have to do is go in and fill out this little entry form, and you get to pick the jewelry you want if you win. That's kind of cool. So I already entered. (laughs) Y'all need to go enter, too, because, I mean, why not? And she was just showing it. She goes, hey, she flagged me down. She goes, mention this on the radio. So, hey, go into Brownlee Jewelers. It's right there on the corner of Maine and Simonton. You can't miss it. She's got a sign outside that says 87 years old. And the sign's not 87 years old, just saying. Anyway, so that's another free thing going on. And I just got sent something else. Wood Forest Bank is hosting a um, small business owners meeting And they are having that Wednesday, May 9th, 6 to 7 p.m. So that's after the scavenger hunt. That's a week from Wednesday. It's a free thing to get together entrepreneurs or other small business owners. So all y'all are eligible, too. You can go and check that out. It doesn't even say where, but I'm assuming Wood Forest Bank. I think it's actually the one across from Conroe High School, their main bank. So 6 to 7 p.m. Okay, so I think I covered everything. So we're just going to roll into what's important with you guys. And uh, are you making signs at me? Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maria, tell us a little bit about you and what you're working on. Well, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Well, I, I was just kind of admiring your little uh, your little ride outside there. My little mini. Yeah, it's very nice. I, I like, love it. What kind of music do you listen to when you're cruising down the highway? Classic rock. Ah, of course. Very nice. <laughs> you know, of course. A little Led Zeppelin there and a little whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun. Oh, I it's love wonderful. it. It's wonderful. Well, um, thank you for having me today. Um, so I uh, founded the Texas Familias Council in 2011. Um, I've been on your show before to kind of talk a little bit about our efforts in the community uh, throughout the years. Um, and the reason uh, I started this with my colleagues in the community was because we saw a need in the growing uh, diverse populations of the county. Um, so our mission has been to strengthen the family unit because that really is at the core of community and then to inspire inclusivity in communities. And that, that goes from leadership all the way down to the communities themselves. Um, so it really takes me uh, across the county, working with different groups, different people constantly. Uh, and because we're seeing such tremendous growth, um, I, it, it really is hard to take a breath in between you know, the changes that you're trying to address. Um, so whether it's working What's with... What's the biggest concern right now? Well, um, I, w what I see right now is that there's, uh, especially because we work with resource population, I mean, the resource community themselves is really making those connections to the families that are hardest to reach. And that's not necessarily just immigrant populations. It's uh, those that are in poverty, are elderly. Um, uh, it, is, it seems to be a lot harder these days to kind of get information flow into these communities and then to educate them on you know, how these uh, resources, resources can available. help them. Yes, and building trust, obviously, right. uh, is part of that. And that's why we were wanting to talk about the inclusivity piece today, um, because building trust is at the foundation of being able to help and guide and support people in their journey. Um, so, uh, so with our different parts of the region, I think in general, because there's so much growth and change, what happens is, Communities start feeling unsettled, a little bit uncomfortable with the, their their sense of community being changed or altered by outsiders or other people or people coming in and yes. telling them how they're going to live their life. Absolutely, whether it's a big, all that whether it's a big development company changing, you know, uh, building new homes down the road or right. uh, or new communities, ethnic communities entering a, a community where they haven't traditionally lived. So all these things can create um, fear and frustration. Uh, and so my council really, we, we, we take a look at those things and we study it and when we try to come up with innovative approaches to keep the dialogue going. So dialogue is another important piece that I wanted to touch on today. Um, and then uh, Alejandra, I've been very blessed to have been working with her for many, many years. Many years. Uh, over a decade now. <laughs> uh, but she, she has been with me with my council since 2011 um, in both her role with CISD, but also with um, her beautiful uh, Chicago Aztec dance uh, team that is really a treasure of the community in Montgomery County. Oh, absolutely. They perform all over. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and one of the pieces that we were discussing earlier was the importance of culture in mm -hmm. building mm -hmm. a community and sustaining it. Um, I think that when you're looking at uh, some of the issues that we're having, for example, I'm, I'm very, very thankful to see a rally uh, rallying around the issue of mental health, in particular in Montgomery County and in, and in Texas. There's been some great legislation that's that's starting uh, to kind of, uh, is going to make a big difference in getting resources to communities um, that we've never had before. 
And really, it begins with taking some of the stigma out of the issues of mental health and opening the dialogue among leaders so that they understand why these things affect the people that they're that well, they're even representing. Even the, the suicide rates, absolutely, for young people. Yes, and so all those everybody things for is me, at least starting the conversation. Yes, and so um, you know when you've been in this in this work long enough, and for me, it's been over twenty five years. Um, you, you see certain trends and certain common denominators that really you know, point to the fact that really what people need, whether it's in a family or in a community, is a sense of validation, is a, is a sense that I belong, is a sense that mm -hmm. I have something to contribute. And that validation is is reinforced in community, you know, when we ask people to join us, when we when we ask someone to contribute their talents and their gifts. But when we're, we're do, when we're doing less of that and when we're having less discussions openly about issues that are affecting one group or another, um, that sense of validation gets stripped away. Um, so you're, you're, people who, are, who may be more vulnerable and on the edge are even more isolated. And I think that that's why we're starting to see, or we've been seeing, uh, you know, some really, really horrific things around the country um, is that we're not properly discussing that core piece of, of human need. Um, and culture very much validates people as a group, but also as an individual. And, and it, what, what it says is you matter, your history matter, your story matters, and we want to we continue and preserve that. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, we're, we're still a young community as a, as a country, and we're st still trying to learn how to incorporate our ancient roots and our modern, you know, understanding um, to, to really reinforce, you know, the journey for each person. Well, do you think that there's been more exclusivity of lately? I think so. And what do you think um, brings that on? I would not blame that on any one person. No, I understand. Yeah, but as I a think, whole. Yes, I think that, um, and this is, I've been seeing it uh, as a gradual decline over many, many years in my career. Um, I think, uh, well, in, 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 recent uh, cultural changes, you've seen the introduction of social media. You've seen- Oh, definitely um, social media. So what happens is while we are connecting with each other in some ways, we're losing that face-to-face -face time that we used to rely on to be able to understand each other, to get that validation, to get that support. You need that trust. You absolutely. And when you do it just through social media- no, you're stripping away you so many pieces of our. There's you know, another layer there. Yes, yes. That's blocking like a wall. Yeah. Because it's not personal. Right. Well, and you don't know if it's genuine. Well, and, and <laughs> you know, remember, right? psychologists always tell us the majority of human human communication is physical communication. So it's mm -hmm. that body language that we're mm -hmm. interpreting, that we're responding to. That's so much part of our ability to bond and connect. Right. You can't get that over social media. Even if you're looking at someone through the screen, it's just not it the same. It might start the conversation, right. but it needs so to be So that's one, that's one issue that I've seen. But also okay. I think that uh, our populations have been changing and growing demographically uh, for the last 30 years significantly. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier, is that it can cause a sense of, wait a minute, why are things changing so much? Uh, I hear people speaking different languages or introducing different customs, and I'm not sure I understand that or, or, or how I belong with that, where, where my place is. Um, we're, so that's part of the generational shifts that we're seeing between the baby boomers and these you know, millennials and then those of us stuck in between, the Xers. Um, and so we're having, we're having to navigate a lot of things simultaneously in a very, very rapid rate that I don't think we've seen, uh, certainly not in our lifetime, but it's been, it's been this, is, this is a huge shift, you know, for society. 
Um, so, so how yes. are these things affecting your communities and what communities are you working with per se? So I've been out in East County um, and that area continues to grow and there's, con there's a, a constant need for resources in East Montgomery County. Um, we've had leadership changes this year, so it might, it's, up, it's up to me and those that work with me to really reconnect with those, with that le those leaders and... Uh, so it's kind of starting over Starting again. over again. That happens all the time, right? Yeah. Um, and, but it's really, my, my challenge is really getting to, I have to do the footwork in the communities. I have to go into the communities and meet the people living there and, Trust. and yes, and spend time talking outside on the porch with them and getting to know them and what their needs are, what they're seeing in their schools, what they're, what do they feel included? Um, a lot of times I hear people, especially in Montgomery County, because we're, we're seeing this, this change so rapidly, they'll say, but the Woodlands or Conroe is so diverse, but diversity is not the same as inclusivity. You can have 20 different groups living in the same space or the same area, but they may not be interacting with each other. They may not be inviting each other to learn about what's going on over here. Right. And that's what I'm concerned about. That's what I see uh, as a nation. I see that we're, we're at that point of how do we do that? How do we get beyond our, our comfort zone and be willing to kind of learn about you and be, be open to understanding, you know, where your concerns are. Maybe we can have some common ground. Um, so, so, so again, where do you think it starts? It starts at, I, it's, well, it definitely starts at the family level, but our leaders, um, whether it's in the schools, whether it's in I'm government, thinking schools. yes, uh, church leaders, mm -hmm. they have to introduce, that's why when I, when I hear people kind of absolve leaders of having any responsibility, I don't blame any one leader for the ills of society. Absolutely not. But it is their responsibility to introduce these discussions in a way that's healthy, in a way that, uh, progresses the conversation so we can elevate it and move forward and heal uh, because we're still dealing with wounds that are very, very old in this country and that have never fully healed uh, between different groups. And so we need leaders that can, that can comfortably speak to that and, uh, and then go into these communities and interact and be able to say, I, I want to know more about you. You matter to me. I validate that you're part of my community. What are the biggest issues you think? Um, the barriers. Uh, between different groups? Yes. Um, I think... That you've seen. Uh, well, what I've seen, I think right now the frustration is, um, uh, again, lack of not being listened to or being heard, so that communication piece. Um, if you're talking about basic needs, yes, there's... Uh, we have a significant rate of high poverty, in especially in rural America. Um, so getting uh, information about job skills, uh, getting the basic resources that families need to survive. Because for me, it's not about, oh, well, that guy doesn't want to work or that guy is not really, you know, these are real families. And, families, and if they don't have transportation, exactly. that's a big barrier so, too. Because the then how do they get there? Um, and we do have a lack of transportation. Yes, in we some absolutely of these do. I mean, there isn't any in East County. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, there's Meals on Wheels for uh, transportation for elderly or medical things. Yes. But other than that, you're on your own. There isn't any. Yeah, you're on your own. And as we're seeing an aging, a, a big aging population, that's a, that's a big concern. We're going to have a lot of seniors, you know, homebound, uh, on their own. 20% of our population in the next few years will be senior citizens. Yeah. So Including who's myself. caring for them? Who's who's stopping <laughs> in and interacting with them and, and you know, 
Um, so for right. me, again, it goes back to the family, but, uh, but our leaders need to be able to uh, be aware of this, whether it's mental health, whether it's poverty, education. Um, I think that, you know, uh, thinking outside of the box is definitely a necessity these days because we're seeing a lot of change. Alejandra, what do you suggest? Any ideas to get people talking more? Well, um, first of all, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> good afternoon. Uh, thank you for having me here, Margie. This is always good to see you. And Maria, thank you for having me here. Um, I was listening to the conversation, and I think that culture plays a big role on starting conversation. I have a few notes here, and I would throw uh, probably two concepts, not questions, but one would be, what is culture and why does it matter? Well, culture is a way of life. Mm -hmm. If we start by, by looking at that, it's a way of life. So it includes our values, our beliefs, our customs, languages, and traditions. So culture is reflected in our history, in mm -hmm. our heritage, in how we express our, our ideas. And I was listening, listening as uh, culture is a vehicle of healing and growing and social development, I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. um, we had yesterday the kids, uh, sorry, the Saturday, we Saturday. had Kids Fest. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, you could see Conroe uh, kids and adults at the festival uh, having a good time. Uh, on my side, we were uh, kind of sponsoring the culture village. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was really nice because is exposing the community to different ways of uh, seeing life is one of the vehicles that we need to have to bring people together. To bridge it together, right. Yes. And, and you guys make all your costumes too, don't yes. you? Yes. I mean, and that's, that's part of the heritage. And so I'm assuming that you do a lot of these events so people can learn more about it. Exactly. And, and where it comes from. And it's, it's not just about our culture, let's say the, right. the Aztec culture, it's about mm -hmm. every culture. We do this because actually, let me, let me tell you the second thing. Uh, today, the 29th, we are celebrating the International Day of Dance. Mm. And that's cool because, uh, I mean, research uh, says that dance is one of the best vehicles to bring people together. And we saw that Makes Saturday. Them smile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we I mean, saw that Saturday happy. when we invited people to join us right. in a dance. We, you don't have to be Aztec to dance. You don't have right. to be... Just move. Uh, <laughs> to do salsa. Um, it brings you together, brings yeah. you joy. Right. And it's a, it's, a, it's a nice way to start a conversation to, mm -hmm. for bringing the community together. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I'm, you know, that's why I love Alejandra, because um, it is, uh, art is communication. Uh, mm -hmm. Any form of art is communication. And I think that that's, you know, when you're asked, uh, why is it that we're kind of losing this dialogue or this, you know, this interact, interaction uh, time with each other? Um, we've, made, we've made decisions as a society to cut out art programs in our schools. We've made decisions to kind of, you know, not prioritize and consider those things as fluff or, you know, uh, elective. And I not basic. Yes, but <laughs> I consider it basic to the human soul. You know, is the, the the ability to express it in ways other than just words and to connect beyond the thought. Sometimes is our is our ability to connect. She was telling me a beautiful story about when they were finishing at the kids fest and they were just out. You know, with the kids still playing 
And there was this, she looked out and there was this group of very diverse kids, you know, African-American, Anglo, Hispanic, and they were all just naturally reacting to the, to the drum music and to, the, to the, the spirit of what they were doing. And they just, it was just like a beautiful scene of, of what we want to see happening in our communities. Uh, and it was, it was accomplished You always see it in kids first. Absolutely. The innocent. <laughs> you know, yes. Because they don't have any biases. Yes. They just are there. They're just reacting <laughs> to the natural environment yeah. and it, it's, it's joy-filled. Right. And, um, and I think that's, we have to return to that natural sense of connection with each other. And, you know, uh, uh, different cultures um, need to be seen, not like a, a confrontation of cultures, but instead as a, as a, as a way of to enrich our, you know, the way we see life and the way uh, others see, see life. So rather than, uh, you know, like feel like, oh, I, I don't want to uh, look at much of these, it's bringing each culture together makes you even, it makes you even uh, appreciate your own culture more. It's, uh, you know, like it's... Uh, it makes a, it's us a, all it's stronger a, together. Yeah, it's a, it's a collective pride. Mm -hmm. And I would say even uh, go, talking to that point that she mentioned about uh, competition between cultures, um, unfortunately, that's, you know, I would say for American culture, uh, we are very competitive, right? We're an individualistic culture. And so we want to, you know, do your best and, and be your best. But sometimes, you know, there is room in that for collaborating, for not competing when we're trying hmm. to uh, learn about each other. Um, so when we walk into a room, whether it's a boardroom, whether it's uh, a, a dance uh, environment or an art environment, instead of trying to say, I've, you know, this is my stage or this is my way, I want to arrive and, and learn about who's bringing what and then also share the beauty of what I, what I have. Uh, and that kind of takes us into a vulnerable space, I guess, to be able to say, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to compete with you, I'm here to learn and collaborate. Um, so that's where we're kind of also having some trouble. And, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, for our society, we, we, we just, you know, we want to produce, we want to impact uh, and do it quickly. But that leaves very little room for, for us to get to know each other and collaborate. And we really need that today. So we don't have much time and we really should have just taken the whole hour to oh, talk about we this. We, this. We need to do that next time. Yes, yes. So I'm thinking we'll do this maybe next month, come back and talk a whole hour of sure. different things, you know, that and you're always welcome to, because yes. I think we can go a lot of different directions on this. So what, what's going on now? What, so you're working in the East County area, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking you're still working in Conroe right. in some things. And I know you do a lot of things mm -hmm. with uh, Rita Wiltz yes. as well right. and Dispute Resolution Center. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes, Rock I, on Sunday. I'm on article. the board with, uh, yes. uh, with the so, students, so yes. And by just being you, <laughs> you're integrating all these different things. Right. Because it's part of who you are. Absolutely. And your culture yeah. and your heritage. Yes. And, and remember, I mean, we all bring, you know, for Italian all bring our or for, you know, German. I'm Cuban-Mexican and mm -hmm. Texan, right? So I have a different perspective sure. than Alejandra. And she right. has, so it's, we're all, but, but it, it, it's all merges together. Exactly. So, so tell me about what you have upcoming. So uh, in March, we held our um, uh, 
Texas Hope Consortium mm-hmm. meeting, which we do twice a year. So that was our spring meeting uh, with our friends who like Quinn at Chocolate Passion. So mm-hmm. we invited our resource that. community to come and uh, enjoy a brunch with us and, and talk about the resources and some of the challenges that we're all facing. I feel it's very important to remember our frontline people, the people that are actually going into the communities and caregiving for these families and, the, and these people in need, uh, whether it's in a clinic or a school or a, uh, a social service agency, they are overburdened right now. There's a lot of demand on them as we're seeing growth in this county. And so we forget to sometimes take the time and help them because mm-hmm. they burn out and uh, and we need them. So, uh, so that's why our consortium for us is so important. And so we had held that meeting uh, in March. Uh, May 19th, we will, uh, we will be hosting a resource festival. It's a mini resource festival, but we're bringing the resources into an East Montgomery County community to get those families connected and acquainted with those resources. And so um, it'll be their first time to do this. So we're, we're being very careful about making sure that we're listening to what, what their needs are and how, how they want to do this. But, uh, but they're very excited about being able to host uh, resource uh, professionals in their community. So, so you'll bring possibly elected officials in there too. So yes, they know who to talk to, who to reach out to. Yes, absolutely. So this is an opportunity to connect on the ground level, which is very important mm-hmm. uh, in building trust. Um, so we'll, we'll be working on that. Um, and then, uh, like you said, uh, my work takes me. Uh, you know, I was uh, in, at the Alabama Cachada Reservation this weekend, representing the Historical Commission uh, to talk about not gambling. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of understanding where our challenges are in passing on history to our next generation. Um, and again, it's about that bridge from mm-hmm. one generation to the next. Um, and this Dispute Resolution Center, of course, you had Elaine oh, on yeah. here several times. And uh, that is an enormous talk about building dialogue, right? That's That goes to the core. That's the basis of, yes, of it. Yes. yes. So, um, so yeah, so I, I'm, I'm wanting to just continue to have these discussions be part of our transition and growth as a community. I think the more we're comfortable talking about our differences and the more we're comfortable going after the tough issues, the more progress we're going to make. Well, I look forward to hearing more from you. Alejandra, what's on your schedule going forward? Well, we have some more uh, presentations at schools and some festivals, and mm-hmm. we will be glad to share and invite people to dance. And she just celebrated her 17th year with uh, with her uh, yeah. dance group with Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Really? Here in Conroe. Yes. So I am, I'm very grateful for the uh, partnership with the city of Conroe mm-hmm. because we rehearse. People us. love you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm always asked, do you know who does it? I said, I do. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's always great to watch. And I think it is really important for people to see the different cultures. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, Right. It's, They're uh, afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. So yeah. the more conversations you have, the better it is. Exactly. Okay, so tell me where people can connect with you. Well, um, well, with me, uh, texasfamilias mm-hmm. at outlook.com is my direct email. So if you uh, are a resource agency and are wanting to participate in our May uh, Resource Community Festival, please contact me. You can also look me up on Facebook, uh, Texas Familias. Uh, and, uh, and my website, www.texasleadership.com. Dot com. Latino and, leadership. I'm sorry, TexasLatinoLeadership.com. <laughs> I don't really even use the, the website that much anymore. So I'm, uh, okay. there's so much social media it's with Facebook. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but definitely, you know, contact me directly, and I'll be happy to to connect you with the work that we're doing. Alejandra. And uh, my email, well, the, the group's email is Chicawa 
C-H-I-K-A-W-A dot T-X at gmail.com. If you would like to learn more about what we do, you are more than welcome to email us. Okay. All right. And if anybody has any questions, they can send a message on Conroe Culture News or Margie at TaylorizedPR.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we appreciate y'all coming on, and we'll have some more discussion later. And next up, we have Jeff Williams with the Eagles Nest Ministries, and this is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic. Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Mm -hmm. 
And we are back. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News. Uh, every Monday at noon till 1 with different guests talking about what's going on with their business, with events upcoming, nonprofits, and things like that. And we are celebrating three years on the radio this week. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. The show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic, 3303 West Davis and Conroe by Conroe High School. So the second guest today on the second half is Jeff Williams. He's with Eagle Nest Ministries, and uh, you can find him on Eagle's Nest Conroe in Facebook, and he also has the eaglesnestconroe.com. But he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what they offer. They are a nonprofit organization that's been around for how long? 13 years. 13 years. And they're over off of uh, 105. Blake Road. Blake Road, which mm-hmm. is kind of near B-52, is it, it is. not? Yes. B-52. B-52. Mm-hmm. So if you've been down there, you know kind of where he's situated. So tell me, uh, Jeff, a little bit about Eagle's Nest Ministries. Well, there's a lot to say. I do appreciate yes, do. the opportunity. Yes, you do. Margie, thank you. Um, but being that we've been there for 13 years, over 1,300 people uh, we've served and helped in some way. Most recently, uh, and what I really like to talk to about today is the population of people that we serve through our reentry program, which we call Soaring Eagles, and uh, that's been in operation for a little over four years. And what that is is a reentry program for men. Uh, they come and they live uh, for one year, twelve months on our property, and we assist them with all their basic fundamental needs to get back on their feet, uh, reunite with their families, find jobs housing and transportation, uh, coming out of prison so they can be successful and not return. So that's basically what Soaring Eagles is. And in addition to that, we've now launched an initiative into our community because this involves so many people. Uh, We have come to find out that somewhere around 150 people a month come back per month, come back to Montgomery County from TDCJ. And these are people that are showing up in our community without services. Uh, so where do they go? What do they do? Well, that's the that's the dilemma. So we have a program that we offer people, but then again, it's a transitional living for 12 months. And that doesn't fit everyone's need, of course. So we're now addressing all returning citizens, we call them, to our community by going to the parole office every Thursday morning at 830. And we meet at the orientation, everyone who came back that week through the parole office. And then we help connect them to the basic services, at least, so they can find jobs, housing, transportation, and support systems so that they can survive and and do well. So that's our latest. We've been doing that about seven weeks. And uh, it's it's an overwhelming task. It's it's a lot of people. We're looking at 2,000 people a year coming back. And so now we need the community's assistance and help. How can they help? In any number of ways, uh, once we find out and we interview the candidate, we find out what their basic needs are. That could be jobs, for instance. So we need employers who are willing to hire offenders, giving them a second chance. Um, that's one thing. We need people involved in real estate, have rentals available, willing to give these folks a chance. We need to know about them so we can connect and talk with them. Uh, same way with transportation. These are three fundamental needs. Support system has to do with everything from family. Uh, Some of them have courses, classes they have to take. They need some AA and NA support, anger management, counseling. So anyone in our community who's involved in those particular fields, we would like to know about them and connect 
are returning citizens to these people. So we're trying to serve as a touch point. We call this program AFTER, uh, Advancing Felons Toward mm -hmm. Essential Resources. And so that's our newest initiative. We received permission from the state as a pilot program to try this for one year. So we're collecting the data, of course, and keeping up. And one of the things involving incarceration, uh, Margie, is about 80% nationally is the average men and women incarcerated. Once they are released, within three years, they will return to the system. And so we've discovered that without some of these services, uh, likely chance they will return. But if you provide some of these basic services, less chance that they'll return. Right. So recidivism, recidivism numbers drop drastically with services. It provides all kinds of benefits to the community, uh, less crime, uh, uh, fewer homeless people, uh, less unemployment, more jobs, of course. So there's a financial benefit. It, it, it benefits everyone. Uh, but we're just trying to get this off the ground and get some other people involved because we're addressing so many people now, and that's above and beyond what we do at Eagle's Nest. It's hard. Mm -hmm. So what kind of jobs are you looking for? What kind of employers do you think? You know, some of the smartest people I've ever met uh, have come out of incarceration. Um, uh, some uh, people have said uh, because of some of the things they've done, that's the uh, dumbest smart person I've ever met. Uh, but it's not a question of their in intellect. It's not a question of their skill sets and abilities. So it runs the gamut. Uh, jobs, uh, you would think that most of them would be acclimated toward blue collar, but white collar is just as needed with some of our men. Uh, all of the men that we've come across thus far have been capable and able. able. There are some that uh, wouldn't be able to work physically and such like that, but for the majority of the time, it's uh, any type of work that uh, some of it has to fit within their parole conditions. They may have classes they have to attend. The employer does have to be a bit flexible on some occasions. But the state tries not to interfere in the regular working schedule of a week and eight hours a day so that these men and women can be fully uh, full-time employees and uh, their programs not interfere. Are there any felons that you don't work with? At Eagle's Nest, because of our proximity to a uh, daycare center, we're not able to house sex offenders in our program. However, with our after program, we're trying to just address everyone that comes back to the county and at least line them out with some essential resources. If the state is limited where they can live, we have nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. But we still try to help them generally find resources that they need. Their basic needs so they mm -hmm. can basic live. Basic needs, right. sure. So tell me uh, what uh, organizations you work with similar to yours that will help you out as well. Well, we, we have our uh, community assistance center now mm -hmm. that's helping us with uh, IDs and all forms of oh, great. Uh, yep, that we can refer them to. I think they do eyeglasses too with mm -hmm. Lions Club. Yes, we have several um, uh, nonprofit uh, for clothing, mm -hmm. uh, food. Uh, we have Keep Us Fed. Uh, they come and... That was great, a project with oh, my LMC class. Great, great organization. <laughs> yeah. We love it when they show up. And they up. come and help you up. That's great. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we're on their rotating schedule and we couldn't Good. do without them. Right. Uh, what a great organization. That fly is annoying. It is. <laughs> but, um, um, and, and then our local churches. Uh, we, we try. We're working more and more. We have several involved uh, with us, but we need all the churches involved. This is a ministry that can uh, 
assist a lot of people, and there's a place for everyone to participate. Um, and then our other organizations, such as the Homeless Coalition mm -hmm. and other agencies, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Volunteers of America, we work with them. Um, really, this touches every organization and uh, uh, charity or nonprofit, uh, church community, because of the grace that generally we afford people for second chances. So everyone should be involved. We're also trying to get the word out so we can find more. Yes, absolutely. I think that's important, and I hope this helps as a vehicle. Absolutely. So um, what other ways do you get the word out? What have you done in the past, or what are you doing now to get the word out? Well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question. Okay, okay. So, so you're starting, basically. Yes. Unfortunately, okay. we, we've been so active and involved in helping and serving mm -hmm. that we've barely had time to raise our head or the finances necessary to do some marketing. You just haven't had the time. But after the years of now serving in that way, I've come to realize I, I repent. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do now. So with this invitation and others, I'm taking advantage of every opportunity I can find to get the word out. So now we're looking at printed materials and uh, uh, video. Uh, well, I think it's also just getting out and meeting people. Absolutely. You know, it's like Maria was saying that when there's barriers, you know, you have social media, you have these other things, mm -hmm. but the face-to-face -face does wonders. Absolutely. You know, as often as you can get out and shake somebody's hand and let Absolutely. them know who you are and then they tell you who they are and how sure. y'all can work together, the sure. better off it is. Sure. And I've become a real believer in that now. But uh, we, we've hired some additional staff. We have some other people on the premises there that are now working hand in hand right there with us. That affords me an opportunity to get out and mix and mingle a little bit. And that's great. I, I expect you'll be seeing much more of me. Because you're the brand. Well, so I, I, uh, I, I want to represent uh, uh, well, and I want people to know, uh, Margie. That's uh, really mm -hmm. important. So getting the word out and your assistance here today is a real blessing. Appreciate well, this. I'm excited to do that, and sure. I have some other ideas that we'll talk about later awesome. Awesome. about how you can get this word out. Sure. Uh, so I have some stats, because I, I know you spoke at the Kiwanis yes. last week, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I think any opportunity just like that to get Absolutely. out and talk is great. And I know mm -hmm. you spoke, or um, Rick? Yes. Yes, he spoke at the Kiwanis in the Woodlands. Wow. And... People are just talking about you sure, more, so sure. that all makes a difference. Wonderful. But one of the things I heard you say is that um, 7.3 children have a parent that's incarcerated. 7.3 million. 3 million, yes. right. Mm -hmm. 7.3 million children across mm -hmm. the country that's right. have mm -hmm. a parent that's incarcerated. That's huge. Yes. I, I guess I'm still sitting here on this 150 men are released every month men and women men and women now, so all just, in our community that's just to montgomery county Eighty thousand are released a year in texas in the state of texas 100 and if they don't get the resources then absolutely they go back and absolutely. so they're not helping anybody yes <laughs> you and know you would, you would think and this is why i'm trying to raise this message and get the word out even to our elected officials and others it's just some it's a conversation we need to have and our president has done quite a job here recently mentioning prison reform and bringing this conversation up. So if we talk about it, I'm just suggesting let's find some solutions. It's a lot of people. Uh, they 97% of everyone incarcerated in Texas will be released. So for everyone we incarcerate, we should have a plan in place. It should be a program. Mm -hmm, for their return. 
so I know that they have some kind of an entrepreneurial program. Exactly. Because it's been a while. It's probably been a couple of years mm-hmm. that he's been here on the show. Yes. And I know he's uh, mm-hmm. out there in Huntsville yes. with the program. Do you work with those we folks sure at do. all? We sure so do. that they're learning a skill set and learning how to have their own business, which could be an answer. If nobody Absolute, will hire you, start absolutely. your own, you know. Yes. <laughs> Prison Entrepreneurship Program is the program you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Highly successful. We are partnered with them. Uh, in fact, our program manager at Eagles Nest, who is now a full-time employee, is a graduate of PEP program. Okay, uh, good. That's good Nick, to hear. Nick Hartline, I love this man dearly. He has a real passion. His story is the success story of a man came out of prison. Now he has wife, children, a new home, multiple vehicles, and he's full-time employed giving back to that very same community. Uh, he is also a mm-hmm. master mechanic. And so at Eagle's Nest, we're in the process right now. Uh, forums will go up this week for pouring the slab for a six-bay automotive shop. And we will be offering automotive repair uh, to the community. This will provide a good service at a good uh, fee, good, good rate. Bring you in some revenue. And bring in some revenue for the ministry. So we believe in offering services instead of just asking for handouts. Right. And something we want to teach our men. Our men pay rent to live there at Eagle's Nest. They sure do. So, and that builds their self-esteem. They make money, and then they can pay bills. And that builds them up. Uh, While they're incarcerated, they cannot earn any money. So many of them have lost some of the fundamental skills of financial management. But it's also hurt, Margie, it's hurt their Mm -hmm. self-esteem. Oh, yeah. It empowers them. Sure. And men want to work, and men want to make money. And so that's how Mm -hmm. we work at, at Eagle's Nest. But uh, this, this automotive shop is going to allow us not only the opportunity to offer services to the community, um, and Nick will be able to oversee, but also train men. So the other facet of that shop is we will have lab in that shop. Uh, Nick, being ASE certified as a master mechanic, he's able to train others that they might also have certifications as ASE mechanics. That would greatly assist them when they leave our program going back into the community to find employment. Another thing concerning employment I'd like to mention is uh, the state offers a tax incentive, a tax credit of $2,500 per year for employers who are willing to employ a man or woman who's a felon. Mm -hmm. So I'd like for the employers to know that and give that some $2,500 tax credit. Uh, That's right. It's an incentive for employers to hire felons. So the state is looking at opportunities like that. We're trying to raise the flag, get the conversation started here locally. What would we like to do about this as a community? And we'd like to get more people at the table in the conversation. They can contact me, as I, as you said earlier, at mm-hmm. our uh, website, eaglesnestconroe.com. We're located at 1450 Blake Road. Love to have them come by. It's a beautiful 16-acre campus and give tours. Um Seeing is understanding. Absolutely. Um, And they can uh, email us, or we also have a Facebook page, and they can keep up with us there. But, uh, again, appreciate this opportunity. So you've seen a lot of changes in the men in your program. Because you have a 12-month program, program. a one-year program, Mm -hmm. and they live there on site. They do. So they have to have a job. Mm -hmm. They have to... They have to be contributing, and you're saying that they also have to pay for their rent. They do. And I'm assuming then they have other skills and things that Absolutely. they learn. Mm-hmm. You know, 
We're constantly um, working with them. And, and you don't take everybody. I mean, that's correct. you got room for 12, 12 men we for 12, 12 months. months. That's right. So they, you must have criteria. We sure do. As mm-hmm. to what, um, who's eligible. That's right. And uh, though it is selective, it's, uh, it is open. But I would like to say this, uh, having been there 13 years, no 911 calls on our property that entire time and zero recidivism from all of our men who have graduated. So that's that's pretty, a big deal. It's a big deal. So, But we've been there and we've established this. Now we want to go out into the community at large and take this solution and bring about change. So ultimately, we Gather like, people. Pied Piper. That's right. <laughs> and know? we're going to need more people to be successful at that. So we need the community's involvement. And then our plan is, once we establish this in Montgomery County as a pilot, we can prove to the state and we go back in two years and ask for legislation and then we get this set in place so that everyone who comes out of prison could go back into a community with services provided. So we believe ultimately that state reform is the way to change this. Mm-hmm. So we have to advocate now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're beginning. Got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. You have a whole strategic plan ahead That's of right. you. Yep. We have great faith. We're big thinkers. And we believe in solutions, not just sitting around discussing the problem. So tell me about your little logo mission statement here. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Eagle Nest, we will help you reconcile your past, That's experience right. the present, abundant life, and soar into your future with God on wings like eagles. There you go. Can you beat that? So Soaring Eagles Academy car shows coming up when? Well, we've decided to postpone that a little bit to later summer. Okay, uh, we, we so we'll have, hear about that later. You will. We have our uh, county commissioner, Charlie Riley, on board with us. He's going to bring out his band, and they're going to play. Oh, fun. That's absolutely. So we'll Good. have more about that to follow. Community engagement. Absolutely. So com and Eagles Nest Conroe on Facebook. That's right. So follow them and connect with uh, Jeff Williams. You will find him there. And... Uh, we look forward to hearing more from Eagle's Nest Ministries. Thank you very much, Marty. I just had a siren go down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. Three-year anniversary. Woo-hoo! Hey. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic Center. So y'all have a great day, and come visit us at First Thursday, uh, starting at 4 o'clock at Heritage Park. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.